Cue fake podcast music. Hello and welcome to Michigan and Other Mayhem, the show about Michigan, murder, mysteries, histories, and other random mayhem from around the world. Your hosts are Allie. And Jen. Okay, Jen, what are you talking about? I'm talking about the Detroit, Michigan East Side serial killer that is currently going on. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, which I thought was funny because I did ask you like uh, earlier, like, hey, what are you doing? Yesterday, I spent my day, my morning, going up over another serial killer that was in Detroit and was also killing sex workers back in the 90s, though, the early 90s. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, 2000, exactly. 2000? Yeah. So I was just like, what? And there was another one that was doing it in the 90s that I was starting to write an article on him, and I didn't do it yet. Yeah. Yeah, he died. What are you doing today? In jail. This one? Yeah, I'm going to do the a serial killer that killed sex workers in Detroit in, the, in 2000. We were, like, on the same wavelength. Yeah, serial killers killing prostitutes in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Also, if you are a sex worker in Detroit, ladies, watch out. Yeah. It's super fucking dangerous. Also, Chicago. You got to watch out. There's another serial killer. Those are hundreds of women. Yes. And sex workers are particularly vulnerable. You know what I was thinking the other day? Because I was thinking, as I'm getting in the shower yesterday, I'm working on this article. Like, is there anything they can do to help each other? You know, when they are out there taking rides from guys and, you know, doing what they do to get money. I was wondering, like, if you can get your girlfriend be like, take a picture of his license as we drive off or something. Well, you know, the police in some of the uh, videos I watched and press conferences on this current one going on, mm-hmm. they say they don't even, like, they can know that somebody's missing, but they don't report them. Yeah. Well, in this one here, the girls were saying stuff to the cops mm-hmm. in the one I did. You want to do yours first, or you want me to? Well, do I don't know why you always ask me when you're going to make me go first. Anyway. No, actually, I was going to say I should go first to make it chronological. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so there, we'll do chronological. Okay, so it starts with January third, two thousand. The body of Wendy Jordan was found strangled to death with her ba- her body in a bay off the Rouge River in Detroit. Wendy, who was thirty nine years old at the time of her death, had previously been a sex worker in Detroit. Her sister, sister Bonnie Jordan, insisted that her sister had gotten clean two years ago and was no longer active in sex work. Her family had last seen Wendy New Year's Day 2000 around 9 p.m. Wendy had told her family that she was going out for the night, but she never returned home. So apparently she was a sex worker and she had a drug problem. A lot of these girls who do sex work do also have addictions. And, um, but she had been clean for two years and was a manager at a gas station, but it looks like maybe she wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe she was having still problems with her addiction and was still supporting it with sex work. So when medical examiners inspected Wendy, they found that she had struggled with her attacker while being strangled and that um, she had recently had sexual intercourse and a semen sample was taken from her body. Examiners were also able to recover tiny fibers on her clothes that investigators believe came from a vehicle during her struggle. So they think while she's fighting, the fibers get on her. So John Eric Armstrong, who was 27 years old at the time, preferred to go by his middle name, Eric. He dialed 911. It was connected to the Detroit police, telling them that he found the body of a deceased woman along the Rouge River. From what I can tell, and I was having a hard time sometimes the way they describe shit, I don't think she was in the actual water. I think she was just like right along the water. Like maybe she had been, her body had been thrown down in an embankment but didn't get quite get in the water. From what I can tell. Don't take that out as 100%. So that ended up being Wendy Jordan. Eric told police that he had been out for a walk when he began to feel sick to his stomach, and when he leaned over the railing of the bridge to vomit, he saw her. So Eric had been newly discharged from the Navy and recently moved to the Detroit area. 
He was currently working at Detroit Metro Airport, and witnesses at the scene where Wendy Jordan was found claimed to have seen him walking up and down the bridge, looking over the railing for a while before he found the body. And cops are like, that's suspicious as, you know, as all hell, because he said it was, he was about to get sick. So they start to investigate Eric, and they find that he had recently been employed as a security guard at Novi. And while he was performing his guard duties in November of 1999, he um, called 911 and reported that he had been attacked while stopping a robbery. He had superficial wounds, like small cuts, um, on his like face and arms. And they, the investigators start to press him about what happened because his story seems kind of weird. And he finally admits to fabricating the whole story, including cutting himself to create injuries. So I was like, right there, hmm. not stable, right? Yeah. So Eric's behavior and his earlier false police report um, make the, uh, when he discovers when he, it makes the curious, like, interested in who he is. So they ask him, can we have a DNA sample and some fibers from your car? And he agrees. Well, the samples were sent off to the crime lab in Lansing, but police didn't take him into custody because they needed like decisive evidence before initiating the arrest and they just wanted to see what the test said before they moved forward. <clears throat> but that was not a great idea because unknown investigators, while the samples were being processed, it gave Eric time to kill Monica Johnson, who was 31 years old. She had been a sex worker who was found strangled and unconscious but she was still like clean to life and she was near Expressway I-94. Monica, who was a mother of four, was taken to a Detroit hospital where she passed away before police could question her. So she was like still alive when they found her but died by the time she got there. So a, wom a, wom a woman named Wilhelmina Drain said she was waiting at a bus stop when she expected accepted a ride home from a man in a black Jeep. Police think that she was actually a sex worker, but she didn't want to say that's what she was doing. She was trying to say she just accepted a ride home. Um, he stopped along a side street, and he claimed that he just needed to get something out of his coat. But when the car stopped, he tried to grab her by the throat. And Wilhelmina fought back, knocking off his glasses. And when he grabbed her throat, he also kind of like got a grip on her scarf because she had a really thick car scarf on, which kind of partially blocked him. And as she was beginning to lose consciousness, she was able to grab pepper spray from her coat, and she managed to uh, get it in his face. And then she jumped from the car and ran. And her charge up against Eric, because she you know, she charges Eric Johnson with it, um, was assault with intent to murder. But it was dropped when she refused to testify in court. Now, Wilhelmina had spoken openly with the media, like on several news outlets, mm -hmm. but for some reason said she wouldn't testify because of cameras in the courtroom. So I don't know if maybe since she was going to be under um, an oath, would she admit that she was doing sex work? But to the media, she would just say she was accepting a ride. You know, oh, okay. I was thinking maybe that's what it was. But it doesn't say for sure. That's just my speculation. Mm -hmm. So April 10th of 2000, Detroit police found the bodies of three women who had been strangled to death. Rosemary Felt, age 32, Kelly Hood, age 34, and Robin Brown, age 20. All three had been sex workers. Their bodies had been placed in a dump site near some railroad tracks within the last month. So they were killed on like different days, but all within a month. And the three women had been discovered by someone on one of the passing trains. Which I thought, wouldn't that be a fucked up thing? You're like, yeah. hey, I wonder, holy shit, dead bodies! Yeah. <laughs> you oh know my what God. I mean, right? So this had prompted an investigation into a serial killer, the, the dump site does. So there were 80 crime personnel brought to the scene, which had to be cordoned off. It was a whole bunch of different Detroit police units, um, the FBI, the state police, and one that I was like, really? <laughs> was Conrail Railroad Police? 
The railroad has their own police. Wow. Did you know that? No. Me neither. That's cool. I wonder what they... They probably do more shit than we know. Yeah. Yeah. But you want to hear something weird? I got a side note, of course. Another body was found at the dump site. A fourth body. But it they, was to believe an unrelated murder. Like it wasn't a, a strangled sex worker, female. Hmm. Yeah. So this site was used by two different killers. <laughs> they don't think he did it? Like- no, not this one. It doesn't match any of his MOs or anything. And he mostly is strangling prostitutes. That's this thing. I shouldn't say prostitutes, sex workers. So several sex workers in the area had complained of a man attacking them. And they gave matching descriptions of the same white guy. He's white and he has really red hair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, real red. Fire engine. And you know I love red hair. Yeah. And I was immediately like, no, Ginger, why? (laughs) You know I love red hair. You're giving Ginger's a bad name, you crazy serial killer. (laughs) So... Women told police that he drove a dark, late model SUV, the man, and that he looked harmless, but he would get rough with them, often choking them. And when he choked them, he would talk about how much he hated women who exchanged sex for money. He would be like, oh, you're a dirty prostitute, while he's choking them. Yeah. So meanwhile, while this is happening, Eric is continuing to contact sex workers, attacking them in his dark-colored, late model Jeep. So obviously, ring-a-ding, it's this guy, right? Yeah. Police used the description given by six workers who had survived the uh, attacks to search for the suspect. They started 24-hour patrols of the high-traffic areas of sex workers on the southwest side of Detroit, where he seemed to frequent. Michigan Ave seemed to be one of his big roads. And on April 12, 2000... Now, the whole thing, they decide on April 10th, we have a serial killer. April 12, 2000, the police arrest John Eric Armstrong at 12.30 a.m. in his Jeep and brought him to the precinct for questioning. Eric quickly broke down and began um, confessing. Eric cried and showed remorse during the police interview. And here's one of the things. He's one of those guys. He confessed to between 11 and 30 murders. Wow. Yeah, they think it's maybe like 7 or (laughs) 8. But he confessed to like 11 to 30 throughout his career in the Navy. Now, Eric worked as a serviceman on the USS Nimitz from 1933 till 1999. So this reopened investigations into murders in all the ports the ship stayed at. So during his deployment, this includes Hawaii, North Carolina, Washington State, Hong Kong, Virginia, Thailand, and the Middle East. Eric claimed that his hatred for sex workers was due to a former girlfriend named Kelly leaving him in high school for another guy who gave her material gifts. And he considered the gifts a form of prostitution. And I was like, wow, you are so fucking yeah. sore because somebody broke up with you in high school and you decided to serial kill women. You asshole. Yeah. Eric's father was neglectful and he claimed to imagine his father's face in the place of sex workers that he was strangling. So he's imagining he's strangling his dad as he's killing these ladies. So his first name was John, which reminded him of his dad, that, which is a man he despised, which is why he preferred to go by Eric because John was also his dad's name. Mm-hmm. Eric claimed that his father had molested him. Eric and his mother were abandoned by his father when he was five years old so that his father could be with another woman. And it was right after Eric's brother, Mikey, died after riding his bicycle into the street and getting hit by a car. So his brother dies, his dad, who's abusive and neglectful, leaves, and then his girlfriend breaks up with him in high school. That's all he needed. It's over. Yeah. So Eric had spent some time in a psychiatric hospital when he was a teenager, and he was sent to the hospital after he locked himself into a bathroom because he believed a girl in his high school wanted to have sex with him. Now, as women, we've had men come on to us wanting to have sex with us that we did not want to have sex with. 
We didn't lock ourselves in the bathrooms, and we didn't get sent off to psychiatric hospitals. I'm guessing it was more than that. Yeah. Because <laughs> I thought, like, wait, what? <laughs> I think, don't you have to do more than that? I'm thinking. I've had worse than that happen to me in public, you know, in front of <laughs> So, during his confession to police, Eric claimed to have killed two prostitutes in Seattle, as well as another man, due to an argument. Eric said he had beaten the man to death with a pipe. Eric went on to describe the details of multiple murders. He also claimed to sometimes go back to the dead bodies of his victims and have sex with them again. Which to me is always the grossest, most yeah, nasty thing. Disgusting. I just imagine bugs on your dick. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so disgusting. Right? Eric was able to be linked, but not conclusively, but linked to a, the murder of a 34-year-old woman named Liette Hillig, H-I-L-I-G, who, stripped, uh, who had a string of prostitution arrests in Virginia. I don't know why I said stripped. She did not strip. Okay. okay. <laughs> I just said strip out of the middle of nowhere. I don't know. <laughs> Too much coffee and my Tourette's acted up. <laughs> Other than that, officials were not able to attach his confessed murders to him with evidence. So they think he might be one of those guys that claims a lot because it helps you in prison. Mm-hmm. Have bragging rights. Eric's wife, who was pregnant with their second child as Eric went to trial, was in denial of her husband's crimes. Of course. Yeah. Eric was convicted of first degree, the first degree murder of Wendy Jordan, who had been found in the river. He pled guilty to the deaths of the three women found near the railroad tracks, which were Rose Felt, Monica Johnson, and Robin Brown. He was also sentenced to life in prison for the death of Monica Johnson, who was strangled to death near I-94. And altogether, John Eric Armstrong was given two life sentences one for first-degree murder, and one for first-degree premeditated homicide. And he was also given three sentences of 30 years each for second-degree homicide. He is currently living in the G. Robert Cotton Correctional Facility in Jackson, Michigan. So is his wife, like, come to her senses yet? I couldn't find anything on that. According to the cops, they called and... We're like, hey, we brought your husband in. We think you're a serial killer. And she was just started going up like, you're a bunch of motherfuckers, blah, blah, blah. And they had to hang up on her. But I was oh. like, you're fucking with a pregnant woman. We do crazy yeah. things when the hormones are kicking. Like, I might I might have been unreasonable when I was pregnant. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I, of course, was not. Of course, I'm sure. I'm sure you're a sweet baby. <laughs> oh, goodness. So what's yours? So mine, again, is an ongoing case. It has currently two survivors and three deceased, possibly a fourth deceased. Okay. Suspect was arrested. His name is D'Angelo Martin. All right. So this started back March 19th. Nancy Harrison, age 52, was found partially dressed inside of a vacant house on the east side of Detroit. Is this the guy where all the things that were in common were they were all in abandoned houses? They were all abandoned houses. Uh-huh. They were all in their 50s. And what was the third one? So They think, were all partially dressed. Do you think he has, like, mommy issues? I'm not really sure. Because women in their 50s, that's probably maybe his mom's age. How old is he, did you say? I'm sorry. And I don't know how old he okay. is. Okay. He like, looks older. Oh, older. Like, maybe he might be? Like, older than us. Okay. Really? Well, older than you. Bitch, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind being old. Yeah. <laughs> so the for Nancy Harrison, uh-huh. the coroner confirmed that she died of blunt force trauma. Oh, and the other thing that linked them together that 
they were supposedly sex workers. All three were also but sex workers. I just want to say yeah. that I've watched a lot of news and read a lot of articles on this. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Harrison's family says she was not a sex worker whatsoever, but she was an addict. Okay, Jor- Wendy Jordan's sister said her sister was clean. But I think sometimes when you have secrets or when you're an addict, addicts have secrets. And sometimes the secret is you're a sex worker in order to pay for your addiction. Could be. I'm not going to call her brother a liar, and I'm not calling Brenda's sister a liar. I'm just, or Wendy's sister a liar. I'm just saying. Okay. Okay? All right. I'm not saying anything. So, that was March 19th. Yeah. Of 2019? 2019. Okay. May 7th, the name has not been released, age 26, woman from Port Huron. She is said to be a drug addict and went to the grandmother's house of D'Angelo Martin for drugs. It is claimed D'Angelo Martin demanded sex from the woman. When turned down, he flew into a rage, beat her, and stabbed her in the throat and ran off. D'Angelo Martin's grandmother called the police. Wait, so that's how he gets caught? That's what he got arrested for, was this May 7th. Okay. So he is not... Wait, so was his grandma a drug dealer? That's why I asked. So why did this no. woman go to the grandma's house for drugs? Because he stays there. Oh, and she went to go get it from him, and yeah. he stays at the grandma's house. Okay, because yeah, I was like, yeah. so his grandma's a drug dealer? Yeah. <laughs> You'll see some articles where it say he's homeless. Okay. So he spends... Some time with his grandma. Time I get with it. his grandmother. Okay. Yep. So that's what he got arrested for. He hasn't been connected yet okay they believe yeah he is the person killing all these people okay but they got him for this, this woman that he killed at his grandma's house yeah okay well she didn't die she's still oh. alive she's res- wait she oh, lived she, through a stab in the she's neck still in the hospital currently holy shit yes. so may 24th at- i assume she died when you said <laughs> stabbed or, in the neck or march 19th yeah. nancy harrison yeah dead yeah this unnamed 26-year-old, yeah. still alive, and it's the only one that deviates. Because okay. everyone else is in their 50s. I, I didn't want to bring up 26. that she was, well, I didn't want to bring that up, but yes. <laughs> so then, May 24th. Okay. I believe it was, her name is Travisine Ellis. Okay. Age 53. She was found partially dressed inside of a vacant house on the east side of Detroit, the coroner has not confirmed the cause of death on her yet. Okay. June. So June 3rd. All right. The name's not released yet. Said to be in her 50s. Okay. Woman was dragged into a vacant home on the east side of Detroit. This one's alive. She was able to get away. The home... Wait, she... so he just like attacks her and drags her in the house? Yep. Oh, I thought he was trying to date them and then gets once he gets them alone, he's causing them harm. Oh, he dragged ah. this. Well, well, at least this one, this lady was just this as well. We know. Right? Oh, yeah, okay. we don't know. Maybe True. the other ones were different. Okay. But this one, she I mean, I'm was, jumping to conclusions. Okay. Yeah, because you don't know. I don't know. I could assume, maybe. You know, you could assume. Yeah. So she was dragged into this home. The home, this is the interesting part, the home she was dragged into was the same home they found the third deceased woman on June 5th. So he tried to pull her into a home where there was already a dead body? They had already found the dead body. Oh, they had already found... Or, no, no, no. Yeah. No, because this was June 3rd. Yeah. So, where the dead body will be. Okay. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so on June 3rd, she gets dragged in, she gets away. Yeah. June 5th, they find 
Another dead body. So maybe the dead body was there. Oh, good point. I don't know. Okay. Because they did say that all these women that were found deceased were in different stages of decomposition. Decomposition. Yeah. But we know that he's at least linked to this house by already trying to pull one person in that that survived. Yeah. Okay. So June 5th, Tamara Jones, age 52, found again, same as the others, partially dressed inside a vacant home on the east side of Detroit. And the coroner hasn't released cause of death yet for her. So D'Angelo Martin was arrested and charged with the assault of the woman from Port Huron on May 7th. Martin has no criminal history of violence, only a few driving infractions. There may be a possible fourth victim, Deborah Reynolds, age unknown, last seen drinking with Martin, Uh, and then disappears. oh, Oh, Well, this, the guy that I did, John Eric um, Armstrong, also had no criminal record whatsoever. As a matter of fact, he received medals for good behavior in the Navy. Oh. Yeah. So apparently you can behave right when you need to and still be a savage animal that kills other people when you don't need to be acting right. So if I decide to date, I can't even run a background check on these people. Right. Because I would never know. They would just be. They could just be not caught. Yeah, just normal. Regular yeah. looking dudes. Even the ladies, even the sex workers who met Eric Armstrong said he looked really harmless. And he does. You should look at his pictures. He looks like he couldn't fight his way out of a wet paper bag, but apparently he has enough in him to choke the shit. Fucking literally choke the life out of another person. I just want to throw out that I'm going to write this on my list of why I shouldn't date. You should. Use that one. You could get the shit choked out of you of, uh, from harmless looking men. <laughs> You've been listening to Michigan Another Mayhem with Allie and Jen. Connect with us at michigananothermayhem.com to join the conversation, listen to the podcast, access show notes, find site links, and correct us when necessary. Rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Anchor, and YouTube. Bye-bye now.